0: rps podcast that is not how you spell podcast (laughs) okay (laughs) right yes good do we have a song is a song happening Welcome to the inaugural-ish RPS podcast. I'm Philippa War, and joining me today is Brendan Caldwell, hello, and Adam Smith, hello. Excellent. And so I figured we could start off with some news. However, we are in the pre-E3 lull time so at the moment I think our main source of delight and conversation has been a rather peculiar photoshopped together Ubisoft image for Far Cry 5 featuring all manner of uh, dudes with guns and symbolism and uh, a a sea plane being chased by another bullying bigger plane so uh, perhaps we should talk a little bit about that and just pick out our favorite elements such as they are
1: well it's subtle it's subtle it's hard to pick <laughs> out the symbolism
0: so yes uh, just to describe it it's a kind of reworking of uh, the last supper image Uh, so you've got a a dude in yellow shades uh, sort of offering uh, a a table full of people with guns some kind of redemption potentially.
2: I think we should take a moment to talk about Adam's favourite part of the table which is that there is apart from the six people who are gathered around um, Neo-Jesus
1: Neo uh, there, Jesus. Theo Jesus, Jesus, by the way, who definitely vapes.
0: Oh, God, he does, doesn't he? He must uh, do. Yeah. But
1: there
2: is also a wolf at the table who's disciple number seven. <laughs> um... He
1: delights me. <laughs> his little paws are under his chin, kind of. I've realised, actually, I, that so in front of the table, there is a, a, a man, I think Sin is possibly supposed to be carved in his back, but it looks like it's written on with permanent marker.
0: It looks like um, Sharpie.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. And he's tied up, uh, with his hand's tied behind his back, and he's in front of the table. He's, you know, they don't like him, obviously. He I thought the dog like was looking got... at him, but actually the dog is looking at a hunk of meat that uh, <laughs> this, the one of the guys has got. Because even though it's the Last Supper, they're, they're either going to eat guns, or they're not going to eat very no, much. No, there's a
0: pie. There's, there's a pie on pie. the left. There
1: is a, a bottle pie. as well, like, there's, which there's must a be like of... moonshine or something. And then a beer near the wolf. I am guessing the, the wolf has its own beer, um, and then just a chunk of raw meat that a guy's stabbing. So,
2: well, the uh,
0: the sinner though he's got a weird like placement of a tattoo because it looks like it's sort of just below where his armpit would be.
1: Yeah, and that seems like a low. strange
0: place for a tattoo. For but like, would that not be a ticklish place? It would would that not impede the tattoo process if one was wiggling around because of of giggling?
2: Yeah, we could analyze this this picture for a long time. I think it's it's up there with the ambassadors for its symbolism. But I mean, like, I mean, the guy <laughs> stabbing the, the 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 giant hunk of meat with what with a knife in one hand also has a chain in the other hand. And he's got dog tags, yeah. which suggests to
1: me. Well, I
0: thought the dog was holding the wolf. I mean, the oh, chain. Oh, the was chain is the
2: holding the, the wolf. wolf. Right? You're
1: right. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, but but then it kind of goes into his throat rather than going around his neck it just kind of vanishes which is disturbing well maybe I mean, it's
0: because of his 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 luxurious pelt
1: it could be are you talking about the man or the wolf because these guys have got great hair and be it they, these guys have got incredible facial furniture and they they are looking good they are looking can good can i just
0: say neo jesus man in the middle looks a bit like he should be singing with arcade fire
1: yeah, no, they're definitely going to release a, a very good album like this year. He looks
2: a bit like uh, Scroobius Pip with this big bushy black beard. Um, the guy
1: on the the guy on the far left, the scruffiest one, looks very much like the uh, wrestler Daniel Bryan when he had long hair, um, which some people will be aware of.
2: Paradoxically, he also looks the most like the classical version of Jesus as well.
1: He does, yeah.
2: But with an M16.
0: I think that my favourite thing about this whole arrangement is how the, I think, purposefully bad photoshopping slash collage nature of all of it does make it look like Far Cry 5 might be a hidden object adventure. Especially, like, there's the lady holding the lily in the wedding dress. I think if this were a a hidden object adventure, she would probably be the protagonist.
1: Hmm... And you'd have to find that guy's tattoo, that's why it's placed in such a strange position,
0: oh yes, tattoo. and there would be and there's three flags, four, so yeah. you'd have to find them, and the wolf is sporting uh, an England flag, yeah he's uh,
1: going to the football later, yeah,
0: and there's, there's the pie. pie, you'd have to find there's
1: the pie, pie. It, what is the thing right, so neo Jesus. I can't work out if he's got a little roll, like a cheese roll it's or something. It's a bread yeah, roll, and he's got a, a There's, roll. A, there's, a, there's a, and goblet a goblet next to it, yeah. yeah.
2: But also a 9mm next to those things. So.
1: Which is non-biblical, right.
2: Which is non-canon, yeah.
1: That is non-canon, okay. so. a I'm gun, being, <laughs> of course it's confused. not a canon. <laughs> <isn't that? obviously. laughs> oh! 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 oh yes. God. <laughs> um, the frustration of Far Cry 5 not working as a kind of you know silly portmanteau title i did come up with far christ which mm. i i'm i'm pushing for that i'm pushing for that there's five stars underneath so i That's guess true I yeah, mean, but, there's, but there's no stars on the american flag anymore because they've replaced them with their little cult symbol
0: i had noticed that but i hadn't noticed it was the cult symbol
1: but i i quite like it i mean it it it's it's silly enough that I'm happy with it. It's, it shows me that Far Cry will have explosions. I can see an explosion. It will mm. have planes, because I can see some planes. It will have baddies. There will be landscapes. It'll have baddies. It'll have a lot of baddies. There's a, there's a bow, like a crossbow, like a fancy modern fiberglass crossbow thing. Rockets and a pie. And I don't know what else I'd want from a Far Cry game.
0: Farming, perhaps? There's some farming going on in the background. Farm Cry?
1: Oh, mm. Farm Cry. <laughs>
0: oh. and the dog obviously like hugely
1: well i'm assuming the dog's the protagonist
0: uh okay. i see i thought maybe companion because you know ah. if if call of duty has taught me anything it's that you need a dog
1: i i think it looks amazing i genuinely am happy if far cry 5 is going to be uh really stupid and over the top and daft and yeah, I I was going on about this already because I've been going on about it since I played it but Outlast 2, it soured me on Doomsday Cults and I've always liked them in the past but Outlast 2 nearly ruined them for me because it took itself so bloody seriously, it wasn't camp it wasn't silly, it was just such, it thought it was a proper story and it wasn't it was really stupid and daft and didn't know it was. Far Cry 5 looks like it's going to be really really stupid and that's a good thing as far as i'm concerned
0: Mm. i think the only doomsday cult thing that i've experienced in media recently is in kimmy schmidt so uh, uh, is this kimmy schmidt the game
2: i think it might be the opposite of kimmy schmidt the game
0: interesting (laughs) i don't know if i want to play that
2: (laughs) Uh, the thing is by by the time this podcast comes out there, there is a reveal trailer coming out soon so so people might know more than we do about the game so future people keep in mind that if if this turns out to be that you are jesus in this new cult we didn't know that
0: maybe it's a management sim maybe you have to run a doomsday cult
2: that would be cool i would play that game
0: oh god uh yes well mm. shall we uh talk about what we've been playing or adam did you want to have opinions about hitman i know you Uh, were keen to discuss
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of flipping onto uh, from the absurd to the um, extremely sad. Yeah, I was going to say the sublime, but no, the sad. Because I was one of those people who, if anyone's not seen the news, people will have by now, I assume IO Interactive have announced that they are going to have layoffs. And this comes on the back of what, I I don't know if Square Enix used the word disappointing, but uh, disappointing sales of uh, Hitman, the episodic Hitman. And it just seems a huge, huge shame, not just because people losing their jobs is a sad thing, but because uh, IO survived Hitman Absolution, which was a terrible game, and took Hitman in a direction that seemed all wrong for the series. And it seemed all wrong for IO. It didn't seem like it was in their comfort zone, what they were good at making. Um, The idea of a blockbuster cinematic linear Hitman game, I don't like, but I also think that IO didn't seem as if they were the right people to make the game that they made. And the new Hitman is fantastic. And yeah, you kind of hope that when people make good things that they get rewarded for it. And they haven't. And that's very sad.
0: It's such a strange thing in that it highlighted for me, um, if it hasn't sold well, how much of a bubble other games journalists can make in this In the landscape, because for me, it felt like everyone except me was playing Hitman and certainly, you know, going after all these elusive targets and things. And I was probably the only person on earth not actually going after it. And I wonder whether perhaps games journalists were making up a majority of the sales or something. Because, like I say, I mean, every conversation I seemed to have as soon as an elusive target got released into that world was you know whether people had or hadn't done it and what had happened and all of the associated kerfuffle
1: I think mean, there's two things there. One is that yeah, I, I, I think that there are there are critics games in the same way that there are you know critics albums and critics films, and I think that uh, Hitman is very much one of those games, partly because it's got a nostalgia value to it because it's going back to Blood Money, um, which was many people's favourite game at the time in in the year it came out. And also it is a very, very time consuming game, especially if you're doing all the elusive targets and, you know, um, all those bits and pieces. I think also the way it was sold episodically appealed to people who'd actually read into it more than people who just really didn't know what it was or where it was coming from. Uh, I also think the other thing that you've highlighted there, Pip, is that maybe this is your fault. if you're the only person not playing. It.
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Curse these people trying their best to woo me with their games.
2: <laughs> How much do you think is down to the the first episode wasn't that like, great anyway? And I think that you know a lot of people probably people who wait for reviews and stuff like that would have read, oh, this Paris thing sounds kind of you know not that interesting.
1: Do you agree that the first, because I, I reviewed the first episode and I didn't think it was very good and I was really disappointed because I really hoped they were back on the right track.
2: Yeah, I, I only got I, I only got in on it when the second, either the second or the third episode I think came out and I saw it and thought, that actually
3: looks
1: really neat. Yeah, see, I, I've had people disagree with me, people who really liked the first episode. um, So I feel like I'm an outlier on thinking that one was bad, but I, I don't think it was a good way to announce it to the world, even if... The argument that there's a lot of good stuff in that level and it's a different shape. It's it's much more basic in in terms of its shape. The others are all more maze-like and feel more like real places. That one's a building that is basically a big box and it's very simple. And maybe they thought that was the best way to get people into it, but actually I just thought it looked really unappealing. Like Sapienza, the second one is just amazing to look at and there's so much going on in there.
0: I was wondering about the elusive targets as well, because it's that thing of when they're gone, they're gone. So maybe if you miss the first few, then the incentive to pick up the entire thing afterwards feels a bit off, maybe because you've already lost out on content that will never reappear in mm-hmm. some ways. Like you've you've sort of automatically got less of a game if you're no, thinking I about like it. it that way.
2: And I always thought that, like, I never really did any of the elusive targets. I did too, I think, and then I kind of just forgot about them because, um I didn't, Yeah, I didn't like not being able to perfect, you know, a little route through the level, failure after failure, because as soon as you feel, the elusive target is just gone. I think that's how it works anyway. But I think the episodic thing has more to do with it because people might, people who get into the episodic thing might buy a couple of episodes and then just kind of drill off because they've got other things to play now, you know? Mm. With, with, uh, The Walking Dead or something else by Telltale, episodic kind of makes sense because there's an ongoing plot or story that's, that's driving everything forward and people get hooked in by that a lot more easily. But, you know, Hitman's story is, is just, feels like it's just kind of made up on the fly. Um, mm. It's rubbish, you know. The a new environment will pull as many people in. I think as something that's you know finding out what happens after such and such dies or whatever.
1: And what do you what What's your feeling on the idea of you know that um, that you raised Pip, the idea that yeah, it's a game that people who write about games are playing or people who play a lot of games are playing, but isn't necessarily a game that had appeal beyond that i mean i think it sold fairly well i mean it, i don't think it was a disaster i think that it did it did actually do fairly well uh just not as well as they wanted it to and i think there's probably a question about the flexibility of the studio what else they could do in between episodes uh, seasons of hitman i don't know whatever's happened there i don't think it's that the game tanked but they obviously wanted it to be a bigger game than it was
0: but um, so do you know, do we know yet what's happening with the um, IO Interactive staff?
1: The, the last that we heard um, was a statement that they put out saying that they would be, there would be layoffs and that they want to, you know, continue working on future adventures, they called it, but that great talent and good friends will be leaving the studio. Um, they didn't give any numbers but uh yeah it's that came two weeks after uh they were dropped by square enix so uh, which also highlights something else which is the fragility of uh creative studios you often you, i think that we've got used to so many smaller studios existing it seems like almost every game that gets made these days is made by some ex-bioshock developers who've gone and made their own indie studio and we <laughs> We have this thing where there's so many of them that it feels like they can all exist and the, the ecosystem big enough for all of them. And then you get a company like IO Interactive who've been around for a long, long time uh, and they've made a game which was on best-of-year lists which did sell a lot of copies, many more than you know your, your average indie game is going to sell. And they clearly can't survive at the size they are without the support of a major international publisher. And, you know... Will they kickstart a new Hitman? I don't know. I don't even know if they own the rights to Hitman now actually. Um, I have no idea what happens next to them. But
2: Well at least um, at least now I will get lots of indie studios starting up from ex Hitman
1: developers.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well no Right. Shall we shall we move on to ProduxCon?
1: Produxcon.
0: I believe, Adam, you have been on a Paradox Jaunt recently finding don't
1: things call, out because that, that makes it sound like i wasn't doing extremely hard work the entire time i was there from minute one to minute whatever minute it was that i left at minute three <laughs> minute three yeah. <laughs> yeah minute one to minute three were absolutely hectic and then i hit the bar no it was a um, paradox have had an annual convention it's um, for... isn't
0: it is that p-dux, how you pronounce p-dux p-dux
1: it p-dux. P-dux mm. no we say PDXCon. Um, which is very, yeah, that's how you say it. PDX can. So, yeah, this is my seventh PDXCon I think. And they've always been press events uh, where you go and meet developers and they show you their new stuff. And uh, and you talk to them. And usually in Stockholm, because that's where Paradox are based, but they've done them all over the world. Like, they, they tend to want a holiday sometimes, so they drag you with them on holiday. It's very strange. And this year was the first time they've done it as a fan gathering. So they had 700 fans, I think, paid to be there. And there were musical performances and LAN gaming sessions and talks from developers. Not just Paradox, but they had like Mojang there, uh, Dice. I think uh, maybe Dice weren't there actually, but, you know, Swedish Buddies and then um, Frontier. Uh, so all these different people. And it was really good. It was it was a really lovely time. And, you know, I got to talk to some people who were strategy game fans, which is novel because usually I'm stuck with you lot and you don't know what I'm talking about don't mm-hmm. know why I love my maps um, no. I got to talk to people who genuinely think that maps are the most exciting thing in gaming which is something that I firmly believe um, so that was that nice and yeah and so two things came to mind one was that there's lots of interesting things in the way that Paradox has changed they feel like a big company now When when I went to see their first one six years ago, not their first one the first one that I went to, uh, they were tiny. Paradox were a niche company. Uh, and I asked Fred Wester, who's the CEO, I said, um, you know, did you come out of your niche? And he said, no, we just kept making it bigger. And yeah, I think that is true. I think that they... It's
2: not what a niche is, Frederick.
1: Well, OK, so... <laughs> That's actually, a cave, a actually, niche actually,
0: becoming a cave.
1: I will share this here because I, I won't get into the serious stuff because I'll write that stuff up because it's much more interesting to write to, to read, I think, than have me talk about it now. But uh, but I did ask Fred Wester, CEO of Paradox, uh, some silly questions at the end of our interview just because he's a silly man. Um, And I asked him what his death row meal would be. Uh, I was asking everyone this and I asked uh, Fred and he said, this is really bleak. (laughs) He looked very thoughtful. And then he just said, pasta. And I said, pasta with what? And he said, just pasta. I was like, yeah, but what kind of pasta, Fred? And he said, no, no, just pasta. And then just paused for a second and said, oh, no, no, and can I have ice cream? <laughs> and I was just like, why are you a five-year-old child in charge of a major company? <laughs> it's, it's very confusing to me. And then I asked Johan Anderson, who's the head of the design side of Paradox, and he just looked at me really quizzically and just said, why would I be on death row? And I just said, it doesn't matter. The back, <laughs> the back story's not important, Johan. The backstory doesn't matter. And he said, no, no, but I need to know why I'm there. And, and I mean, it like... this is
2: like the Voigt Kampf test. <laughs> well,
1: it seemed like his feeling was that, depending on why he was there, he'd want a different meal. And I don't know. That seems very strange to me. So, so that's that was me working hard in Stockholm, asking the big questions that you all want the answers to. I know that I'm talking to them again at E3 in a couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll we'll get more then. But yeah, uh, the big well, thing was BattleTech, which they have signed in our publishing uh, which was kick and that looks phenomenal it looks absolutely amazing and i think as a publisher they've become very good now they were awful five years ago by their own admission as well uh, but they've become really good
2: what is battle tech
1: right so in the far future the far far future uh when people go into wars instead of wearing regular trousers like you might wear they wear massive robots as trousers it's mechs. It's <laughs> mechs, isn't it? It's,
2: uh... Is it like a strategy game, like the classic Paradox?
1: Of course, it's things. A... No, things? things that it's it's a turn-based strategy game, yeah. But it's um, but it's tactical. It's um, you know, small skirmishes. But it's also got a big um, dynamic campaign. So you're in charge of your own mercenary company. So it's all uh, emergent stuff. You know, you have a you you have to run the economy of your company and try and grow the company. Take different missions from different people um, you know factions can
2: you name your company and then name the soldiers that serve under you
1: you know what i don't know i'm annoyed now that i don't know that um
2: i'm only in if you can do that
1: oh you better be able to um i i assume you can i think you can definitely name your company but i'm not sure if you can name the people you must be able to surely if you can't then i'm out as well forget (laughs) it
0: so we're talking very much not titanfall here
1: Oh, Which no, is the sorry. other mech not
0: game title. that I have heard of.
1: Yeah, no, no, this is... Um, so, the original um, Battletech was a board game, um, a tabletop game. Uh, not a board game, but, you know, a proper tabletop thing. I feel uh, like
0: I knew that. Did I know that? Let's say I knew that.
1: You you, are, you almost certainly did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and the original... The Jordan Weissen, who's the guy who designed that, like, 35 years ago, is designing this new game. Um, so, throughout... The last few decades, Battletech's gone through lots of different things. There's been MechWarrior, which is first person combat thing, a bit more like Titanfall, but much more kind of sim heavy. And this is the first time they've done an actual proper turn based tactical thing for many, many years. I mean, literally decades. So, uh, I actually, I played MechWarrior way back when I was a teenager, you know, when I was into exciting things like turn based mech games. Uh, and I played MechWarrior, which was an actual kind of action sim game. And I remember playing it and thinking, God, I wish this was a bit more like XCOM and it was turn-based. And I didn't know that the tabletop version existed. And yeah, it, it, it really, really does look phenomenal. I mean, it actually looks beautiful. It's in Unity, but it looks really, really nice. All the kind of damage, like individual bullets and missiles, like leave punctures and steams jetting out and pilots get cooked alive. It's, it's very morbid.
0: So I have a question. Is there anything that you don't think would be better if it was more like XCOM? Um,
1: no. I see. That yeah. was my question. Yeah, I think so. I, I think XCOM should be a bit more like XCOM. I think it's drifted away from its roots. Oh God. And yeah, make it more more XCOM like. I think Football Managers should be more like XCOM. I actually do. That's that's actually true. I'm not even joking anymore. I think a
2: lot. Yeah, I think I would play. Football Manager. If 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 people died in the middle of the game and you couldn't bring them back,
1: I think I think there should be an XCOM style Avengers game. I think that's the only way to make me play a superhero game.
2: XCOM style Tiger Woods.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no brainers. No brainers.
0: There must be an XCOM football like mod. There L- must be.
1: This yeah, there's not. I mean, Blood Bowl's the closest thing we have to like a fantasy management game. Like, oh,
0: I suppose so.
1: But um, but yeah, it's a shame there aren't more. Because uh, yeah. you
0: can lose like whole portions of your team in Blood Bowl, can't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, enough of Paduk's con. Now we're going to move on to finding out more about Rainworld in a very quick-fire interview that Brendy did with James Primer, who is one of the team who worked on the game.
3: What fate a slugcat? Prey? or predator? As the old world died... A new ecosystem evolves in a land where
0: even rain can kill.
2: Okay, so these are like quickfire questions about Rain World, and you have to answer awesome. as quickly
3: as you can. All right. All right, I'll try. Who would win a fight between a slug cat or a regular cat? I think I think a slug cat because they're tool tool using, but you know, regular cats are crazy. They slip into alternate dimensions. You never, know. you never know with a cat. can't count them out. All right. What's the exact ratio of a slug to cat in a slug cat? Ooh, I think, it's, um, I think it's around 60% cat and around 40% slug.
2: All right. How many slugs could a slug cat slug if a slug cat could slug? I can't even say it. I can't even say the question.
3: Mm, I think by, by volume, it would be like 40 or something like that. Did you ever consider adding a slug dog? You know, we had a request from a Kickstarter backer to do a snail dog. And we, just cause, whoa, flipping the script. But uh, we, we opted to sort of stream, like, streamline that into something else. But it's still technically a snail dog. What's wetter, Rain World or Water World? I mean, there's some dry parts of Rain World, so I'd, I'd have to say Water World. But I believe that uh, the Slug Cat is a better actor than Kevin Costner. If you
2: had to eat one animal in Rain World to stay alive, which animal would you eat?
3: Ooh, that's a good question. They're all pretty disgusting. I wouldn't want to eat any of them. But maybe a slug cat, honestly. Everything else eats them, so they seem tasty.
2: If you had to be one animal in Rain World, which
3: animal would it be? Ooh, I don't know. I like those, um, I like the the reindeer... Reindeer, those big weird walking things with the antlers, they seem kind of cool. They're like noble. I like them.
2: If, like the slug cat, you could hold objects in your stomach and then regurgitate them at will, what would
3: you use that skill to hold in your stomach? Oh, definitely my cell phone. Because I, I hate, you know, you're wearing like tight pants and you've got like the big cell phone in the pocket, and it, you just got this weird like square kind of sticking out. That,
2: that if that I could just disgusting though, because you'd vomit up your own phone, and then you'd you'd have to try press the the buttons, and they'd be all.
3: I mean, it's not going to be any more gross than my cell phone already is, so... Uh, why is your game so hard? You said you weren't going to ask that question. Oh, I lied. I lied. <laughs> no, because we're, uh, we're, we're sadistic people, I think. I think, there's, I think there's a bit of that. We're self-hating sadistic people, and this allows us like, to properly experience that and kind of e- extrapolate on, on that feeling throughout, you know, 60 hours or so.
2: Do slug cats mate like slugs mate or like cats mate? Because both of those are
3: filthy. So slugs they they like stab each other with penises, right?
2: I guess a lot of sex is that, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> but no, they do like literal genital jousting where there there isn't it, from from my limited understanding of snail bi or slug biology, they don't have a gender until one like impregnates the other, and yeah, then I, that one sort of.
2: I don't know exactly on that side of things, but they they kind of twirl around each other and like hang from a tree. <laughs>
3: Do you know you know nudibranches, right? The like underwater slugs that like look really pretty. Have you seen you haven't seen uh, nudibranches? What are they called? You should definitely nudibranches. I'll I'll send you a link. They're, they're they're like the coolest looking things ever. But they definitely have the like twin penis fencing mating. So,
2: so you slug cats? That's how they meet.
3: I I think so. I mean, as a mammal myself, I find that to be fairly alien. What What is the slug cat?
2: is an interesting game. They recently patched it to be less difficult, which is good. I think it would be a pity if more people didn't play it because it's so strange.
0: Did the interview like make you cuz I know that you bounced off the game in some ways. So did the interview like reorient how you thought about it?
2: No, 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 not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of have mixed feelings about it because for anyone who doesn't know, it's just, you're a tiny little slug cat and you're trying to get through this world and it's kind of like a platform, puzzle platformer, except there are no puzzles. You're trying to find your family that you've been separated from through it. this huge, huge world. It's kind of like a Metroidvania, except that you don't really get new skills. <laughs> you just, you just have to rely on getting out of scrapes and there are all these other animals that will try and eat you and the animals are There's lizards that like blend into the background and will just surprise you and eat you. There's big. That's a chameleon, isn't it? Yes, but in this, in this game, the lizards are called disco lizards because they're usually all different colors. When one's invisible, you don't, you don't expect it because it hasn't broadcast its presence with neon lights. And there's big tentacle monsters that live in the sewers underground. There's a bird with, which is a vulture that has a mask. That You can throw a little rock at it or throw a spear at it and it will knock the mask off the bird and the bird will get all flustered and try and get away. There's all these different weird animals and they're, they're they're wonderful to look at. It's not really, it doesn't come across, I guess, if I'm just trying to describe them to you, but they're horrible. But the thing is, is that they spawn in new places every time that you die and you get moved back to like your last bonfire, basically. So when you go back out, the the big vulture that you just got killed by isn't where you just got killed. It's somewhere else now in the next few screens, or maybe it won't even show up at all. So there's a huge amount of randomness to how you die. It feels true to life to being an animal in a terrifying post apocalyptic ecosystem, but it's not, it's not terribly fun to die over and over again because you can't do anything <laughs> to stop it.
0: I would say it's a game that I've enjoyed pretty much entirely through GIFs because yeah. the Slug Cat is the most GIFable game character.
2: The slug cat is wonderful. Like, uh, I mean, when you control the slug cat, it's not that responsive. He's like kind of heavy and weighty, and like, he's kind of rubbish, you know? He doesn't jump very high, he doesn't do much at all. Um, It's like
0: a cat, then. No, Mm -hmm. it's
2: worse than a cat because it's weighed down by its slug half. And.
0: So it's like my old fat cat.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you watch GIFs of it and see videos of the slug cat, like it seems so nimble and fluid because of the way that it's animated and it's animated beautifully. But when you're when you're actually got your thumb on the joystick, you feel like this cat is probably like I think in that quickfire interview, he said it was um, on a ratio of cat to slug. It was more cat. But but I, I really feel like there's a lot more slug in that slug cat. Does
1: that make sense?
0: <laughs> I'm imagining you both like with a slider between yeah. cat and slug, just like <laughs> back arguing. Back with them forwards. <laughs> oh, it's complicated creature mashup. <laughs> Um, So one of our regular segments is going to be the other two having to play a game that I have suggested, mostly because last year, at the end of the year, I ended up uh, having to strong arm people into playing things like Burly Men at Sea. And they were grateful, but uh, I'd like to have at least one game in the bag already. So this week, it's the turn of Old Man's Journey which is a lovely looking game where you alter the terrain height of a sort of layered 2D landscape and then make an elderly gentleman traverse it to unlock different memories of his. And I believe both of you have played it. So this is a great hit rate so far. Shall we start with, Brendy? what did you think?
2: Um, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good um (laughs) i i I would have rather played it on an ipad probably i imagine it's been designed for that because the way that you move the land is you kind of you click on it and you drag and they're all little hills and they overlap each other and you have to get your little old man to hop from one hill to another but you can only do that if if the hills are kind of co-aligned like a little
0: Mm, they have to have like an intersection yeah they have
2: to have a little cleavage point from one to the other
1: Okay, so you've said cleavage point, and I was just about to say you wanted to finger the little old man, but so you know, it's great. It's a it's a lovely game, and now it's ruined in my mind.
0: <laughs> Never knowingly, not classy. RPS. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah so I, I I actually probably would have preferred it if it had less puzzles in it as well, because the sheep really annoyed me. There are sheep in it. Who you have to kind of you can't go past unless you move them from one thing to another. Um, And I I know complaining about, like, the little tiny mechanical components of a game like this, which is all about art and telling a little story, is probably bad form and not really in the spirit of of the game. (laughs) But those sheep pissed me off.
1: But here's the Mm. thing. I I think the problem is, is that a lot of those little mechanical bits... And themselves in the spirit of the game, it feels like i mean i I, I loved it, I thought it was brilliant, but I mean, to go to Billy men at sea as well, I think that there 's a similarity there. They both feel like these lovely animated interactive picture books, essentially, and I think the uh, old man 's journey. I I don't want to put words in the developers' mouths. I I don't know what the decisions were, but it felt to me like a game that had decided it needed more gamey stuff in it. And Mm. I think it could have done with less gamey stuff. I thought it was... uh, And I think there's an anxiety sometimes in in these games where it's like you know is this enough of a game do we need to do more and actually like it was just a beautiful thing to look at I I would have preferred to touch it as well I think that that it doesn't really there's a distancing with the cursor as well as it being a bit clumsier Uh, it feels Mm -hmm. like I think you want to actually you know be properly it feels very tactile uh, and it's a shame when you you have that distance with the cursor but I mean it just it's stunning to look at I mean it really is beautiful
2: the little story it tells is quite nice as well. I mean, like, yeah. I guess I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, the start of it is basically you're the little old man You're sitting at your kind of cliffside home. It's a bit ramshackle, and you get a letter from the postman, and you open the letter, and you read the letter, and he very quickly, like, gathers all his things, and then goes out, and that's what starts you on your journey. And you don't know what the letter says or why you're leaving. I mean, you can... I think it was barely predictable as soon as you start going, what you're going towards. But following his like memories every time they happen was really nice. So it was pretty touching. I mean. Mm.
0: I think that's because like the animation and the um, like the little animated touches, like how he moves and, you know, the the heaviness you feel sometimes when he's going uphill or, you know, those kinds of things um, are really well observed. And also there's just little moments I think I highlighted in the review, the fact that he does like a little wave at a kid who's looking at him on a train. And that stuff I just found really delightful because you don't often see those little but very human moments in most games. Um, And so I really loved I loved it for those things. But then I think I'm in agreement with you both on uh, in terms of the interactivity side of things. It felt like I would have preferred to actually touch it and have that direct finger to hill relationship um and sort of push him around in in that way it felt like that was far more appropriate or or it felt like that would be the right way of doing things yeah,
2: so here you have three three pc games journalists telling you to go play it on ipad listeners yeah don't, right? don't waste your life playing games like
1: this <laughs> with a get the mouse. fuck away from that mouse get them oh i hate them i can't stand them <laughs> The only thing worse than a mouse is a slug mouse. <laughs> I tell you Goodness. what, though, that old ma- that old man is more nimble than a cat the way he hops across the hills and less sluggish than a slug. He knows how to journey.
0: The other thing that I was going to say was, I like, I think i agree with you brandy in that i think it had a really uncomfortable sort of position in terms of the amount of interactivity and the amount the amount of gaminess that it ended up with and that i think either it needed fully realized more complicated puzzles that you actually needed to think about or it needed to
2: to go in the opposite direction just get rid of those puzzles completely the strength player its
1: strengths i mean
0: well, that's what, the thing I think we're
1: basically it need to do
0: is, one or the
1: other. Stop playing games on your PC. Start, in fact, stop playing games in telly and watch fucking films on your iPad. <laughs> just go and do that. That's...
2: No, but I mean, like, I mean, like, the, the, it just felt like too much. You know, moving the hills around, I think, was good. And if you're playing on an iPad, it definitely, definitely would have felt more fun. And kind of like, especially there's one there's one sequence where you have to kind of move the reels of a train really quickly to match up with the speed the train is going and I feel like if you're playing that on an iPad, it'd be quite fun because it's like a little like swipey kind of, um, you know, almost bejeweled kind of feeling to it because you'd just be going up and down, you know, and that's the only thing that you would be doing. You can take care of it on the mice; it's kind of cumbersome. But even then, like those bits are fine. But then they start throwing sheep at you, and it's like now you're just you're just complicating this. Like they're not hugely difficult puzzles. I mean, you you get past them within like two minutes, but it's enough of a it just feels so jarring because you're you're seeing these wonderful landscapes and you're following the story of this man which is actually quite sad and well told but then there's all these fucking farm animals just come out of nowhere and start buying at you Very have you never
0: been feeling melancholy and then had a sheep get in your way i mean come on i
2: mean more often than i would like yes but i didn't want to <laughs> r- repeat that experience in a video game <laughs>
0: I think I loved it for those moments of melancholy and the the artistry of the actual, the way the game looks and the, the story that it tells. But my problem with the sheep was that I sometimes would click and I'd think that I'd clicked on the sheep, but then the man would start moving and it was, it was little interactivity, awkwardnesses like that, and I found that a bit clunky as well as the... Um, the train section so yeah but it's it's so beautiful and I think it's an art style that you don't often see in games and also it often does things with traveling vertically because of how the hills work and how the actual levels are organized in a way that you don't tend to find with games in games usually you're going from left to right
2: yeah it's smart as well in a a in its own kind of quiet way, because the way that the story is told, you know, is like every other story is, you know, you're starting here and then there's a problem. The hero has to go through some difficulty and then, you know, the hero comes out of that difficulty and, you know, there's kind of a redemptive moment. And that's all reflected in how the landscape and the, and the, and the, you know, the Mm. world comes to you. Like the, you know, the storm, there's, there's a literal storm at one point, (laughs) you know, like you go, and then you rise up vertically, like you said, like through hills whenever you're trying to, you know, Mm. get out of your slump. Um, it's a sad game. Like, I mean, (laughs) it's rare to, for me to like, uh, recommend, you know, a game that will, will probably make you very unhappy. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but it it was pretty good. And it only takes like an hour and a half or something.
0: Mm, yeah, it's it's just a really wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to exist, even though it misses the mark in some ways, I think.
2: Yeah, it's, it's worth a pun. It's worth poking on iPad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With your sausagey fingers, not yours, mine. Um, well, shall we move on to the lovely questions that our lovely audience have sent in? We should have a question jingle. Questions. Doo-doo-doo.
2: We're working on we're working on jingles. Um, we've got we've got some people doing some jingles, so there there will hopefully be
1: some people. The the Philharmonic. I, I heard.
0: <laughs> Does one of you want to say like is it question time? I don't know. Like what? Do we have a name for that section?
2: I don't know. Questions from readers.
0: Can you say it in Spanish?
2: Uh. Preguntas de oh I don't know how to say readers. (laughs) Uh, Tiempo de pregunta. That's 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 question time.
0: Okay, well we should have that. Can we? Yeah, that's what we're calling this now, and you have to say it every week because my pronunciation is not going to sound like that.
2: Okay, well I mean we have a we have a few questions. Let's see if we can earn some.
1: There's a good one here, which is what's the name of the podcast?
0: Oh, yeah. That's a, that have is that we... is a very
1: good question from at Jinx Thoughts.
0: Are we just calling it the RPS podcast?
2: I thought we should stick with the Electronic Wireless Show. You know, it's a name that we've had for ages, and
1: it it yeah. comes and goes,
2: the podcast itself. But if we always have, you know, it's
1: regenerated. The name remains the same, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there I was you go. going to go, yeah. At Jinx Thoughts, it's the Electronic Wireless Show. Um which we knew already before we read the question out. Oh, we already knew that. We already knew that.
0: We've now got 100% question answering hit rate. Should Great. we just quit now? No,
1: never. <laughs> We're no. ahead. Come on. This, this 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 is a very good one. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna put this one to Pip first. It's from oh, atomality. No. Do you have a game you wish you could get into but just can't? Bonus points if it's seemingly popular with literally everyone else on earth. Literally everyone else on earth.
0: Well, I think I'm possibly either the best or the worst person to ask that to because I tend to be interested by a lot of AAA but also not competent at a lot of AAA or not sufficiently engaged with the systems to uh, finish a a lot of those games.
1: We need a game. We need a game. Pit. We need an answer.
0: Oh, Crusader Kings Two, because I really want the stories, but I just can't be bothered to learn all of the interface.
2: That is a good. That's a good answer.
1: I Actually, I think that makes you literally everyone else on Earth except for me. That's.
0: Could you? Maybe we could arrange for you to tell me Crusader Kings Two stories. I just tell you stories, so yeah, I don't yeah. have to play it.
2: I'm playing. I'm playing a Crusader Kings Two game right now.
0: Literally right now, as we record.
2: That is. Fucking rude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so am I. <laughs> oh
2: god. Yeah, no, my, my I'm playing as a Viking um called Bjorn Skald. Wow. The son of the dreaded Iverskald. He's a wonderful man. He's just killed three children in prison to secure his claim to a to a neighbouring county that he's that he's lost anyway.
1: What I, is wrong with you? I'm applauding that is good Vikinging.
2: Um the good no, the good thing is is that if you're a Viking, you can just kill whoever the hell you want. Like I mean, like you don't need to get an excuse to go to war most of the time. You just point to your country and say well, I'm big and have a lot of men, so I'm going to go over there, which is completely different to how you usually play Crusader Kings too, which is you have to like no, try have to... to
1: justify everything. It's just like
2: yeah, you have to like engineer a Christian reason
1: to go to war with someone. Oh, I want to go and invade France, and they're like, why would you want to do that? And you're like, because it's right there.
2: I've been raiding England. I've been going down to Wessex, and I I um I besieged London there the other night, and then stole a load of artifacts from the that is bold from the cathedral cathedrals down there, um, because I thought, you know what, I want to.
1: Isn't it a shame that Pip will never be able to play this game, because it's so good. Oh. It's so good.
0: Well, What's yours, either of you?
1: And mine's Overwatch, oh. uh, because it just seems like, it, I, I love the way it looks, It and I like the idea of a multiplayer FPS that's, I don't know, quite cheery, it looks quite cheery, and that doesn't take my entire life to play, but I've never played it, and I have that thing where I just feel like if I tried to get into it now, I'm kind of behind the curve. And also, shall I just wait for Destiny 2 and try that? Because I've only got time for one thing. I, I can't do lots of these things.
0: You are going to get Destiny 2 because I need more raiding partners. Um, so, you know, all that's, about
1: raiding with both of you, isn't it? That's all
0: non-negotiable.
1: <laughs> so I'll just wait for Destiny 2 then. So forget it. Overwatch, I will never play it. I'll never <sighs> play it.
2: See, this is fun because I'm in I'm in that Venn diagram between you. I, I I can play both of those games, and I do enjoy both of those games.
1: Are you playing Overwatch on a second screen? right Yes, now? I've
2: got a second screen. I'm I've got Reinhardt with his shield up. One thing, because I always <laughs> play Germanic characters in every game I have.
1: Are you Are you playing either of these games on a fucking iPad right now? Because. <laughs>
2: I don't know what mine is. I would have expected a lot of people to say Dark Souls, Dark Souls games.
1: Nah, uh, me and Pip play Dark Souls every night. Oh yeah. Yeah, and finish it every night. It's. Yeah.
0: I've speedrun Dark Souls about a hundred times. Dark since
2: Souls is like mother's milk to morning.
0: me. This mm, morning, yeah.
2: I think you're. I think you're
1: both lying.
0: Me and that Capra demon, we we just. Uh, the fact you've gone for out. the
1: Capra demon is that yeah. that that's the giveaway. That's the giveaway. <laughs> you didn't get past it, did you? No. <laughs> ah, people, people always remember the Capra Demon if they didn't get past it. Hang on, like... hang
0: on. Is the Capra Demon before or after the thing on the roof? After. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't get past that because I defeated the thing on the roof and rang the first bell. That's
2: right. Yeah, I remember you read. I remember reading that you, you beat the gargoyle and then you put the pad down and you said, "Nope." <laughs>
0: Yeah, but then I went back and went to the Capra Demon and then that was that was legit.
2: No, you you've got come on. You just need to push past that one barrier.
1: Keep going. Keep going.
0: Oh, it's not just that one barrier though, is it? It's like literally every barrier that follows.
2: No, there's like there's like ninety barriers afterwards, yeah. Dark
0: Souls is like I have no interest in
1: this. We should go back to Brandy. What's you? What is the game that you want to get into, but you never have been able to? It doesn't have to be something massively popular.
2: I don't know. I can get into a lot of things, but um, I guess I I guess now I can't really get into Archeans games. You know, like Prey and Dishonor Two and stuff like that. I just
1: ah, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: I just don't feel them. Like I got as far into Prey as I had with any Archean game, which is like 16 hours or something, and then it just annoyed me because like. I found a quick way off the space station, which which actually made a lot of narrative sense because it was in a, it was like a way that you can get off if you just want to get out of there, which is what I would want to do if I was on a space station, covered yeah, in yeah. like horrible little annoying aliens. Um, and I got rewarded by the game with like two to four lines of dialogue against a black screen, and then it cut away, and I kind of knew from those lines of dialogue, something that I had already guessed about how the game was gonna end. And and it just it just felt like, well, this game is just not it's it's just annoying me now. And I didn't like fighting the baddies. I think they're really annoying, I just think they're really difficult.
1: You notice when we did this bit pip, we didn't start actually just insulting the games that we couldn't get into. We 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 took it as if it was our fault, but Brendan's gone straight he said it's not it's my not fault. It's not my fault the game <laughs> the, <game's laughs> the video what game saying- is wrong.
0: Oh Have you God. also noticed that in the game that he says he couldn't get into, he finished it? No, 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 no. He finished the game. Fi- He's at six, I finished, 16 I hours in.
2: One, like I got one of the endings, which feels like someone figured out they could do in a, in a, in a testing phase, in a playtest, test, yeah. And the developers at Archean went, oh, 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 no, we should probably put something there so that they don't feel too annoyed about get about getting to that ending.
1: You you were more annoyed than yeah like you it was like annoyed annoyed I got to the I
2: got to the the ending that is the last achievement you get when you're achievement hunting
1: yeah yeah
2: but I got there before all the other endings because I thought all the other things that people were telling me to do in the game were dumb and I thought you know what no forget this I am leaving this space station I don't like fighting these mimics. I go into a room, I try I try to pick up a, a, a box of ammo, and the box of ammo becomes alive and just annoys me.
1: I hate the mimics.
2: I don't even like the bigger people, you know, the the big the monsters. But I just don't like them. Like they're they're unpleasant. They're unpleasant to fight. Like
1: I like prey, but I hate the fucking monsters in prey. I think they're I think they're just they're just tedious and annoying. I I'm totally with you on that.
2: But I also find that like the the movement and the way your character kind of saunters around is kind of annoying.
1: Saunters. I love it.
2: I played Dishonored, and the first thing I always noticed about when I played Dishonored. Well,
1: oh, you can't start on Dishonored.
2: No, whenever I played Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2, the first thing I notice is just, why does my character walk like he's walking through mud?
1: Have you ever met anyone who works at Arcane? Because those guys, they saunter everywhere.
2: That's what they're just recreating.
1: That is their mode of locomotion. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I just, I don't, like, I see people going and getting, like, perfect runs and being really patient and, like, or, you know, going crazy with their powers. And I just feel like I I, I don't care. Like I like the way right. the world of Dishonored 2 looks, and I think that's why I want to get into it because it looks amazing. The art direction is really, really fantastic. But
1: well, I'm going to move on to another question because you've now alienated 90% of RPS's core leadership. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's good. It's good. We should alienate them. They get too comfortable. They think that you know we are only allowed to like certain kinds of game. I truly believe that. I so this is going to go to everyone but since Pip hasn't spoken for a while now maybe Ooh. you can jump in it's, maybe i should have spoken it, more <laughs> it's a tough one I, but no what i'm going to do is i'm going to say i want just a rapid answer to this from both of you and then i'll give mine what do you journalists slash media people see as a single biggest trend when it comes to hardcore pc gaming in the past 10 years and that's from shams at uh, paradox products
0: Ooh, um my quick fire answer is just those sandbox survival brownie green things where you maybe have a bit of grafting and start off in your pants in the wilderness and just have to jog on for however many hours
1: so we'll look forward to paradox's take on that brendan <laughs>
2: Yeah, Pip just stole my answer, so I don't know what to say.
1: Roguelikes.
0: Well, you should have spoken less so that I, you could have gone first.
1: <laughs> I was going to say roguelikes. I think uh, the the incorporation of kind of um, what is a very very old um, style of game, like a lot of these roguelike tendencies and elements coming into more mainstream gaming, it's it's probably the one I would have gone for. So I've stolen that one, even though you said it first.
2: No, I think Pip's right. I mean, the survival games. It's been so influential that you're starting to feel fatigue with it now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when you start to feel fatigue, you know that this has been done a lot now. Ubisoft also probably has a good shot at being a very, very influential um, trend setter for better or for worse with their kind of icon grabbing design.
0: What about nostalgia? I suppose that would have been my other answer if you'd gone first and stolen my original answer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well that ties into kickstarter doesn't it as well yeah, yeah. well yeah
0: because nostalgia is kind of an easy not an easy win but it it yeah helps it is sell an, easy an idea win. come on tell it like it is <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah don't, no it's easier to, to convince yourself. people to part with money if they think that they know what they're getting and if that's rooted in something they remember fondly then yeah
2: oh that that's my answer not the archaean things for the last question torment and isometric adventure games where you go around and talk to people and then get into a fight can't get into those would love to be able to get into those there goes the
1: other 10 percent of our core audience
0: <laughs> <laughs> hello one person who's still listening to this hi mom
1: do you remember in the 90s when you enjoy playing immersive sims and boulder's gate well fuck those games they're over
0: I've never played Baldur's Gate. That'll take care of the other whoever's
2: left. Well, neither have I, Pip. Why would you?
1: I have. And I have. And let's make this a trinity of answers, because the secret of Baldur's Gate is it's not actually all that good. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine.
2: Oh, that's it. Podcast one, audience zero. <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> Drop
1: the bikes. <mic>, we're out.
0: <laughs> Bye.